Welcome to this episode of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. I'm Trey Rhodes, a Connections Pastor at Northwood Baptist Church here in North Charleston, South Carolina. In just a few moments, our lead pastor, Dr. Tommy Metter, will be joining the conversation as well. In our crazy and chaotic world, our hope is that these few minutes will help you stop and reflect on your relationship with Jesus as you learn to connect Christ-centered faith to your everyday life. Well, Christmas is upon us in reality. I mean, lights are everywhere, and mm. uh, it's actually got cold the last two days. So that's been freezing kind of amazing. this morning. Yeah, that uh, that that's the part of Christmas I do not I like. Do so. not like winter at <laughs> all. I am a summer person. Always Man. have been. Give me the beach and the sun and all those things. And, and when it's cold in Charleston. It's colder than anywhere in the world. It is like a deep, wet cold. That's it's, how I describe yeah, it. It's really cold. It's bad. Well, we're in episode 73, and uh, that's exciting to be there in the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. I do want to remind everybody to get the word out as, as uh, you're able to, Facebook, Twitter, text, however you get people uh, on, uh, and just remind them uh, to come be a part and listen to what uh, we're doing as we connect faith to life. Well, Pastor, you know, we can't turn on the TV without hearing about COVID-19. I mean, literally, or radio for that matter, anything that we listen to, it's about COVID-19. So I think... Uh, it took a break, though. Yeah, it During did. During the presidential election, yeah, it took a break. It we did, but... A couple of days, and now it's back with a vengeance. Now we're back, and people are talking about it. We were just talking about my son and the mm. situation he's dealing with in Boston and his church and, and those kind of situations. But uh, there are going to be differences in how we yeah, respond yeah. and react after COVID-19, even after the vaccines come out and everything. I think it's just going to be a little bit different way of doing yeah. those things. So um, today, why don't we talk about the differences in church after COVID-19? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... This is interesting because I really do believe, Trey, that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. I do too. Right? So like this past week, there have been more announcements about vaccines maybe rolling out as soon as next week. So that that's the light at the end of the tunnel. We've got a vaccine or we've got like, what, five or six vaccines mm-hmm. that they're talking about now. So it could be, you know, early 2021 to mid-2021 that there's enough vaccinations going around that people can have a vaccine and we can get back to some sense of normalcy but we've all heard this idea of a new normal and will there be a new normal after covid or will we go back to regular normal i'm kind of optimistic i think we'll go back to regular normal i i I think that people are gonna you know just want to get back to the way life was and i think things are gonna get but it might be a while right and so here's a question i got a question for you trey before we dive into some of the things we're gonna talk about so let's say that clemson which we're all praying this does not happen Let's say Clemson makes it back to the national championship game this year. <laughs> okay, we'll say that. Let's say let's 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 pretend like that happens, and, and let's say for the Clemson game, they're playing. Who are they going to play in the national championship? Uh, Alabama. Clemson, Alabama. Yep. They're going at it for the national championship for the umpteenth million time, and, and <laughs> let's say. For that particular game, they lift all restrictions. Eh, we don't care about COVID. We're going to pack this place out. Uh-huh. Who cares? And let's say you get tickets somebody gives you tickets Uh, you and your wife 50 yard line 15 rows up perfect tickets all for free you going yeah i'd wear four masks (laughs) (laughs) i'd uh, hide under the chair i I don't know what i'd do but i i'd find a way you go it wouldn't bother you at all well i don't know bother me at all but it certainly would not bother me enough (laughs) it wouldn't bother you enough yes 
<laughs> yeah, that's weird. I mean, I don't know. I think I think I'd go too. Yeah. I mean, I don't even yeah. like Clemson or Alabama, but I think I might go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting to, to see how people are responding to what's taken place in our world over the last six or seven months, and and then what is going to happen mm. in the next few months. I, I do think that we're going to start to see again this thing come to a conclusion, and and but I, I think things are going to be different a little bit for a while anyway. I think mm-hmm. things are going to be different. And I think that's important for us as followers of Jesus to talk about uh, because we need to know how to respond mm-hmm. to people in a world that for a while anyway, even after a vaccine is given and, and uh, this thing is going away, we need to know how to respond in a world that is going to be a little bit different. Yeah. And I think, I think also, you know, this is not, I might not be scared and, you know, I might get it anyway. Yeah. You know, I, I don't think being scared or not being scared has anything to do mm-hmm. with it. Um, but, uh, but, you know, the whole issue is, is how do we respond to people? You know, I think that uh, we don't want our opinions on COVID and mask wearing and all these kind of things kind of get in our way no, of the no, gospel. No, that's exactly right. And so we kind of have to become all things yeah, to all men. That's right. So let's identify how things might be different, right? And we're going to talk about that. And then after we talk about the way things might be different, let's talk about some ways that, yeah. that we can respond as Christ followers to these differences. Okay, well, let's start out with this. Let's talk about seven ways that the church might be different after COVID-19. Number one, uh, some people will want, will want more personal space when they return to worship. We're already seeing this, aren't we, Trey? Oh, yeah, definitely. So, interesting. Um, now, this wasn't a lady that goes to our church. It's one of our neighbors. One of our neighbors, she's uh, she's an older lady, and uh, she's, she's caring for um, a friend, so she's a little more... Um, cautious about mm-hmm. the virus, and so Stacy went over to see her the other night, and she told Stacy, "Stay away." I mean, in a very nice wow. way. It wasn't yeah, mean. It was a very nice way. Hey, just don't don't get close. I'm not wearing a mask right now. I, you know, that's different mm-hmm. because that that's honestly the first time we've been told by someone to not get close because of the COVID virus. So it's just that just feels different. I mean, mm. this idea that people they want you to stay six feet away or twelve feet away because they're concerned, and but that that's going to be the reality for a while, and that's going to be a reality. I think even in the church, and I think we've seen that because you're like me, Trey. I mean, on Sunday mornings, I I want to you know be near everyone. Mm-hmm. I want to have the opportunity to, to to talk to people, to hug people, to shake their hands, and and now for the last few months since we've been back in our worship center, I don't know what to do. Yeah. When people offer me the elbow, I offer them the elbow. Yeah, do I people, shake hands? Do know, I hug? Do I kiss? Do I fist? Well, I mean, what do you do? I, I put the fist out, and if they want to shake, I still shake, and then I make sure I wash my hands. But Yeah, yeah, and, <laughs> and I guess over the months, you, you kind of begin to figure out, okay, who is okay with yeah, more yeah. handshaking or neck hugging, and who's a little more leery of it. So you kind of figure out who you can hug and who you don't need to hug right now and all those kind of things. But it's been very interesting mm-hmm. because, you know, a year ago, we never, we just didn't think about it. We hugged, we shook hands and all that kind of stuff. And now kind of figuring out how do we do it? How do we do it in a way that, that ministers to people in the way they want to be ministered mm-hmm. to? You just kind of have to be a little bit of a psychologist, you know, <laughs> you? And, get, and guest services. Seriously, you know, we, we teach our people, people that want to be approached and people that don't want to be. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, we have transferred that to this. At least I've tried to teach this, that, you know, when people don't want, you know, touches, don't touch them. Yeah. You know, don't just go and up not and be touch offended. them. And, it's, and it, when, when people, you know, want a little more distance for us as as followers of Jesus, it's, you know, recognize that it's okay. It's mm-hmm. not because they're necessarily fearful. They're just really trying to be cautious, right? And so just respecting that and not thinking less of people who might think differently than we do about the situation. And so, yeah, just understanding that when, when 
this thing is over with, there are still going to be people who are going to want some more personal space maybe than what they had before COVID-19. And, and that's okay. Being respectful and, and giving people that personal space, I guess it's going to be important. Well, number two, uh, some people will prefer smaller worship gatherings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you think it's been really interesting what's taken place here at Northwood over the last six or seven months that, that you know, we kind of gradually opened back up. Mm-hmm. We we came back inside in May and we had three services and went back to two services and we tried to space out a little bit. That didn't work really well. That lasted for a couple of weeks and then it was just back to pretty much normal <laughs> Everybody here. Everybody just sitting yeah, where they wanted yeah, yeah. to. So, so our second service has been pretty jam-packed for yeah. the last few months and, and, and you know, I do want to say that our auditorium is capable of holding 650 right, people. Right, right, right. And we're putting about 350 to 400. So Which we're still, feels full. There's yeah. still room, but it feels full. In yeah, it does room. feel full, yeah, but it is it feels, space but in there. There's some space left, so it's not tight, 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 I guess. Uh, but that, that first service, you know, we have about 100 people or so that come to that first service and sit in the worship center. There's a lot more room. Um and, and so, so what I've discovered is that we have, and that's not a lot of people, but we have people who used to attend the second service. Mm-hmm. They're now coming to the first service because yep. they just want to be in a smaller place where it's a, a little, it feels a little more safe for them. And mm-hmm. I think we're going to see more of that. Actually, you mean a larger place. Right. We want to be in a, Let, a larger oops, space, but mm-hmm. with less people in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't want to be in that big crowd quite yet. Right. They want to be in a, a smaller group of people. And so I think that's going to be the norm for, mm-hmm. for a lot of people until they kind of get, feel more confident. You're going to see people wanting to be in a smaller group rather than in a you know jam-packed worship center and just, just being okay with that, mm-hmm. that there's going to be some changes. And maybe that, that person you used to sit next to on Sunday mornings, they're here. They just might be in a different service because yeah. they just want to yeah. feel a little more safe right now and, and just being okay with that. Going back to my son in Boston, you know, they, they, have a, they just got a new facility mm-hmm. and they're able to meet and worship and all those things. But uh, they've had to way cut back. Yeah. You know, they they're I think their auditorium holds a hundred, and they're doing like what twenty five percent capacity. Yeah, twenty five percent capacity. So, you yeah. know, it, it's tough on them as well. And we've so. said this a lot through this pandemic, Trey. That man, we are very thankful to live in South Carolina right oh, now. Oh, amen. Where, where amen. There seems to be a little more sense than some other places in we're our just nation. Little, we're, little, we're just more libertine. We just believe, yeah, you know. Yeah, so I, I'm thankful. Take care of yourself. I'm thankful that we live in a state like this, and I'm thankful for a church like Northwood mm-hmm. where we have some options. Mm-hmm. If you want to be in a smaller gathering, yes. you can do that. Or if you're ready to be in a larger gathering, you can do that too. Mm-hmm. So I'm thankful that we have those options. But just, know, I mean, people are processing all of this differently, and I guess the point we're trying to make is just being respectful of the way that people are processing this mm-hmm. whole thing. Amen. And I think we have to do that for the sake of the gospel, like we talked earlier. Let's talk about number three. Some people will prefer for things to get back to normal as quickly as possible. So when this thing is over, you're going to have people like me, Trey, and probably like you too, like Mm -hmm. me. Like I want to get back to normal as fast as possible. Like I wanted to get back to normal six months ago. Yeah, I know you did. Right. I mean, I think I I did too. Well, we all, I mean, yes, we did. I mean, and so, so there are going to be those of us who are just chomping at the bit to get back to normal but there are also going to be those that are going to be hesitant to get back to normal quite yet and so again it's it's that the idea of respecting mm-hmm. each other in the midst of it that yeah. there's going to be different perspectives on this there's going to be those of us to. that just are ready ready let's get let's get back to normal and full scheduling full programming everything we used to, i mean you know it, it broke my heart and and, I, and again it's not that big of a deal in, in the big scheme of things but it broke my heart that we couldn't start a wana back yeah, in august I, Man, I really that really wanted to, i want to get back to normal so mm-hmm. we had to postpone it to january and that that was a wise move but you know i mean I, i've just been fighting because i want to get back to normal back to normal and i think a lot of our people want to get back mm-hmm. to normal but again 
you gotta be wise, you gotta be respectful of opinions and, you know, all the different things that are going on in our in our church and our culture. And so yeah, just kind of wrestling with that. What mm-hmm. does it look like to get back to normal and how can we be patient but at the same time, you know, well, I mean, I really think in Romans, you know, it talks in Romans 14 and 15 about the weaker brother, stronger brother issues. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this really is one of those weaker brother, stronger brother issues yeah. in that, you know, we do have to be aware of each other's feelings. Well, it's just being aware situation. of each other's feelings and yeah. being respectful of those things. So, yeah. And that leads to number four, because some people will be more on edge. You've been more on edge, haven't you, Trey? Actually, you've been grumpy. I have been grumpy, but it's not about this. But anyway, I'm just I'm just getting old and <laughs> yeah. you sore. Said, and I'm, I'm kind of calling tar, you out, but we tar. had we had staff retreat this past week, and you said you've been grumpy. I have been. <laughs> I have been. My poor wife, and she calls me on it. I'm very thankful. She calls for that. you grumpy, huh? Yeah. She she. They said, "Did you wake up this morning grumpy?" And she said, "No, I just let him sleep." <laughs> All right. But here's the reality, right, is that, that you know this like I know it, Trey, that we're all probably a little bit more on edge. That We've yeah. had to make some big changes over these past few months, whether it was, you know, helping our kids with virtual school or for some it's been more significant. It's been mm-hmm. some job losses or whatever the case may be yeah. that, that yeah. all of us, I think, are a bit more on edge because of what's taking place in our culture. And and so, you know, there there's more depression. There's oh, more yeah. anxiety. There's more stress. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, there's more fear, there's more worry, all of those things. There's just more of it. And so just think about that. When we gather together as a church for worship on Sunday morning, that person sitting next to you, you don't know the week they've had. Mm-mm. You don't know the stress they're under. You don't know what's going on in their home. You don't know what their marriage is like. You don't know, right? And 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 vice versa. They don't know what you've been through either. And so, again, it's just being sensitive to the people around us that we don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And so being careful of our words, being careful yeah. of, you know, uh, the way we interact, just being sensitive to people who are really stressed out right now. Well, you've always said this, and I love this way of dealing with people. We have to be those kind of people, those believers that extend grace. Just extend a lot of grace right now. Yeah, because everybody's struggling with somebody something. Somebody gets snaps at you. Let it go. Yeah. yeah just let yeah, it go. Yeah. You know, pray for them. Or, and that's hard for me. I want to jump on it when somebody snaps at me. You know, right. And, right. But just uh, think about, you know, what we what we believe at Northwood. We believe every Sunday morning when we gather together that we have an opportunity as a faith family to encounter God. Mm-hmm. That's what we're doing on Sunday morning. We gather exactly. in this place. We're encountering God. And what we don't want to do is be in a, we don't want to be a hindrance for anybody to encounter God. Exactly. And so, again. Get everything out of the way. Yeah. So, so that means that we need to be extra sensitive to those people around us because everybody's a little bit on edge right now. And I think after COVID, even after COVID, people are going to still be on edge as we get back to normalcy. Mm-hmm. Amen. Number five, the mission will be just as important as ever, but we may be more hesitant to engage in the mission. Yeah, isn't that true? Yeah. Even, you know, I, I'm one of those people that has no issues talking to people, yeah. but I find when I talk to people, they kind of back away. Yeah. So it makes me very uncomfortable to engage. Yeah, we just don't know what know? to do right now with yeah. people. It's yeah. just hard to have conversations now because of, well, because of masks. It's hard to talk to people with masks on your face when you're in the store. I can't understand right? half I what mean, people are saying. Exactly, right? And it's it's just, you know, we, we are, are more, I mean, I think as a culture, we were already becoming more hesitant mm-hmm. to talk to people out in public, that we've kind of um, built a digital world in some ways, that we're much more comfortable talking to people digitally, right? That's why we text people all the time instead of calling them, mm. uh, that we've become much more comfortable with a digital world. And this, I think, has just quickened that a, a great deal, that we are now um, much more quick to avoid mm-hmm. face-to-face interaction with people. And so, man, I mean, sharing the gospel, you got you got to talk to people. you got to 
open your mouth. You got to get face to face with people. And so I think just overall, because of COVID-19 and even after COVID-19, we, we know the mission is important. It's just as important. I mean, the mission has always been important. But, man, we live in a culture now that everybody is on edge. Everybody is is looking for some kind of hope and some answers. I mean, the opportunity for the gospel to go forward in this continues to be tremendous. Yet, as a church, we might not ever have an opportunity like we have right now because of everything that's going on. However, we might be more hesitant than we've ever been before because of what's going on. That makes sense? Yeah. I will say that uh, we also can use alternative. We were talking yesterday in staff retreat, you know, about the importance of online ministry right, right. and what we're doing as a church right. through Facebook and YouTube and other things. Yeah. And and we were actually saying, how can we get some type of person to minister online to some of yeah, these people yeah. that are not going to come yeah. to church? Yeah. So, I mean, there are alternatives there as are, well are, rather than face-to-face. And we need to be aware of those and look for them. So, right. How can we creatively engage in the mission mm-hmm. how can you creatively share the gospel your neighbors your friends who you might not be as as apt to be close to right now mm-hmm. or even after the pandemic and and not only that but think about when we have an opportunity because we haven't this year as a church we have not been on the mission field as far as internationally yeah. in 2020 at all yeah, what's that going to look like when when the field begins to open back up and you know late 2021 or or in 2022 how many of us are going to be hesitant to go on mission internationally yeah. because of what's taking place? You know, I mean, for me, I mentioned, I can't wait to get on an airplane and go somewhere. Right. Right. But, but not all of us are going to be that way. Some of us, I mean, honestly, I think there are probably some of us who will never fly again yeah. because we're fearful that we go on an airplane, we're going to get COVID. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, so with this idea of, of creative ministry, number six leads us to virtual church will continue to be an alternative to in-person worship. Yeah, so I heard this on a podcast I was listening to yesterday. Uh, something like, and I, I couldn't believe this. This was um, um, really shocking to me. That prior to COVID nineteen, about ten percent of churches, and mm-hmm. we were, we were one of those churches in the ten percent. Yeah, about ten percent of churches were doing live stream on mm-hmm. Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Now here we are, six seven months into COVID, ninety percent of churches Gracious. are doing some type of live stream. Isn't wow. that wild? My brother's church that is just a little old church, they're doing yeah, online live yeah, streams. Everybody so. is. I mean, even, even if it's just picking up your iPhone and putting it by yeah, the yeah. stage, and the, every church is doing live stream in some way. And so yeah. there has been this significant increase in um, the church's online presence. And that's been good. And it's also been a challenge mm-hmm. because the reality is there are a lot of people um, who may have gotten used to being at home mm-hmm. and watching church rather than being at a local gathering place. And and so there's part of us, right, especially for those of us who are pastors or church leaders, we want to see everybody back in the seats. Yeah. We believe in the importance of gathering corporately together. And we do, right? I mean, there's something significant about us being in the same place together, lifting up the name of Jesus. But the reality is online worship and online gatherings are not going away. No, they're not. They're going to be more so. They're going to be more so, yeah. and, and they're going to be a significant tool that we use as a church mm-hmm. to reach people with the gospel. And so so, so for me, is is figuring out, okay, how can we effectively use online ministry? And it's figuring out how can I not have an attitude of judgmentalism mm-hmm. toward those who maybe are hesitant to come back to church. Because I think they should be back, right? There's some, right. They, you know, whether I'm right or wrong, you know, there's that part of me that says, man, you should be back to church. You should be back <laughs> in the in the worship center, right? I've got to be gracious and understand, man, if 
it, there, there's lots of reasons right now while people are attending church online. And, and after the pandemic, there'll be lots of reasons why people attend mm-hmm. church online. Do I think it's best for people to be in the room? Absolutely. But at the same time, if they're watching online, that's an opportunity to minister to somebody. And so figuring out how to best minister to those people who aren't yet ready or aren't or maybe not is not readiness, is not willing mm-hmm. uh, to be in a facility like this. And so all that to say, virtual church isn't going away. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's here to stay. And as a church, especially at Northwood, how do we capitalize on that and see it as part of our mission strategy? Right. We, we got to be, be aware that we can't fight this type thing. I mean, right. you know, it's, it's not an issue of fighting. It's a matter of uh, making sure that people, I like to see this as the first step, hopefully, of them coming. And, mm, and, absolutely. And the good absolutely. News is it's Northwood, like a front door. Yeah, and with Northwood, that has always been the case. It has been. Uh, we get uh, feedback constantly. I saw you first on, on yeah, online, yeah. and this was before COVID. Yeah, so. that was before COVID. We yeah. were, and, and I think about, you know, our tech team has done an outstanding job. Yes. One of the tech team members sitting right here, Scott Worthen. Right there. Uh, they've done an outstanding job of, of vastly improving the, the online. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have an outstanding live stream. It really, really is good and 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 what's been amazing for me is man i i literally have gotten emails from people all over the world Mm. who are watching our it's not every week but i mean you know when it gets shared to their somebody's live stream gets shared to their timeline i mean Mm -hmm. that stuff travels yeah i got a message from um um, a couple families out west utah and california who've been watching i I got a message from a a family in singapore yeah i sent a book to a guy in utah he wanted one of your prayer books so i sent him a book so that's cool yeah so it's wild to think that we're we're having that kind of reach through our ministry here in north charleston south carolina and and yeah that and that's a good thing and so if we can Amen. be that that kind of church that at least creates an opportunity for people to encounter God, even if it's virtually, that's a good thing. Amen. Let's uh, close with, uh, not close, let's end this part of with this number seven, that church will be more divided over social and political issues. We've already seen that in 2020, haven't we? Oh, we have. Because we're all on edge and because COVID-19 has been politicized. Yes, it has right? been. So there's two extremes, right? There's terrible. two extremes with this whole thing. There's the extreme of, uh, man, if... If I ever leave my house again, I'm going to get COVID and die. There's mm-hmm. that extreme. And then there's the other extreme that says this whole thing has been a hoax. COVID yeah, isn't real. Yeah. Right. So you've got these two polar opposite extremes. And the reality is the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. Right? Oh, yeah, it's a course. real disease. People really are sick. People really have died. And, but, but we have a tendency as people to run to the extremes mm. rather than actually seek out the truth and live in the truth. And so because they're extremes, because we go to different extremes, that creates all kinds of issues and divisions and arguments and fusses. And, and that stuff's not going away. And social media has not helped that. Social media makes it 10 times worse. Yeah, exactly. You know, when the Spanish flu was going on in 1918. You didn't know the Spanish flu was there until you got it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what is this I have? Oh, you have this new thing called the Spanish flu, you know. So. But just understanding that as we move forward, we as a church are going to have to figure out how mm-hmm. we minister in a culture that, you know, doesn't see eye to eye on things. And, and that's just part of it. So that these things are, are, are reality now, and these things are going to continue to be a reality, I think, for some time after COVID-19. And so the question is then, we're going to just take a few minutes to talk about this, how does the church respond to these different ways that 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 are going to be you know part of the culture, or these different things we talked about are going to be part of the church culture after COVID-19? Okay, well, let's look at four responses then. Number one, uh, remember how to find joy. 
man, we walked through Philippians for a couple months and just that constant reminder from the Apostle Paul to have joy in all circumstances. Mm-hmm. And and we said this in that series, and I've been trying to remind myself of this every single day, and I tell my boys this all the time, and they're sick of hearing me say this. Joy, J-O-Y, Jesus, Jesus. first, others second, yourself last. If you will live that way, mm-hmm. you will have joy. That's just bottom line. And mm-hmm. in this COVID-19 culture, the the... The, you know, obviously, and this is not just COVID-19, it's all life. The temptation is always to put yourself first, right? And and others than Jesus somewhere else down the list of priorities. Yeah, it's, it's uh, yeah. You know? It becomes very, it's almost created this selfish, self-centered maybe is yeah. a better word, self-centered attitude. Yeah, so you think about the Apostle Paul. I mean, he was in prison when he wrote uh, to the church at Philippi, and he has this sense of joy about him. He was in circumstances that were probably far worse than Mm COVID-19, but yet has joy. So I say that to say that here in this COVID-19 environment, and even after COVID-19, whatever the circumstances are, joy is attainable. Mm -hmm. You can always have joy if you put Jesus first, others second, and yourself last. Amen. It's amazing how that works, because if you really live that way, you are going to have joy. And and we need to understand that, that in this COVID culture, in the post-COVID culture, man, joy really is attainable, and you're going to need that joy to get through it. Amen. Amen. Well, number two, and I think this is a huge one, be flexible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's what happens when you have joy. You become flexible. Mm-hmm. Just naturally. You just do. It flows out of it. I mean, because what happens is is that when and I've noticed this in my own life, in the seasons when I've you know, really been focused on finding joy by putting Jesus first, other seconds, other second, myself last. Man, when I when I'm living in the joy of Christ, I have a tendency to roll with the punches. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, I agree. COVID nineteen. Eh, we'll get through it. It's gonna be all right. I got <laughs> Jesus. I'm good. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. there's this tendency that that when when I'm walking in the joy of Christ. I tend to roll with the punches better, and so I'm much more flexible. I don't get as set in my ways. Life happens. People mm-hmm. are different sometimes, and it just is what it is. We're going to make the most of it. We're going to do our best. We're going to stay on mission. We're going to keep moving forward for the sake of the kingdom, and we're going to let the Lord handle it. So so having joy in Christ really does help you to be flexible. And I would say, I would go so far as to say, Trey, that, that if you have a hard time being flexible, it may be because you've lost your sense of joy in Christ. Was, uh, so the opposite is just yeah, as true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it has been a blessing. Our church for almost everyone mm-hmm. to the person has been super flexible. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so. Absolutely. And I think that's because in large part, the joy of Christ regularly radiates mm. through this local church. Amen. Yeah. And I hope that remains the case for for the people at Northwood and every church that matter. I mean, we, we're a church full of joy because we understand who Jesus is. And because we understand who Jesus is, we, we want to put others second and help them to find Jesus. And we want, we're going to put ourselves last. Amen. And that leads us to number three, which is we need to guard our words. And again, I think it flows out of joy. When you put Jesus first, others second, yourself last, and when you're rolling with the punches, uh, you have a tendency to be much more careful with the things that you say. When you're always putting yourself first, mm. you just fly off at the mouth. And, oh, yeah. and what we don't need right now, what we never need, are people flying off at the mouth. Because we know, like we said, we know that we live in a culture that's more divided than ever. Your opinions right now might not always be helpful. Mm. You have a right to speak your opinions. I mean, you always have that right. It I mean, is a you, First you Amendment right, but... But that doesn't mean it's always wise. doesn't mean you have to. It doesn't mean you have to, <laughs> yeah. you know, and just the whole idea of what, what James tells us to do, right? To be 
uh, quick to listen and slow to speak. Amen. That's just such good advice, is it not? The old two ears, one mouth. Thing. Uh, you're right. And Amen. so, so, but, but all, again, I think all that flows out of joy that when you put Jesus first, others second, yourself last, you're going to roll with the punches and you're also going to be quick to listen and slow to speak. Amen. And then fourth, and we'll finish with this. Be who you are. Yeah, this is so huge. And, and if you're a part of the Northwood family over the next year, you're going to hear a lot about this idea of being who you are, that your faith in Christ is far more than uh, a series of theological truths that you say are correct. Mm-hmm. Faith really does change you. Your identity is in Christ. Amen. What what Paul says in 2 Corinthians five seventeen is that if you are in Christ, you are a new creation. The old has passed and all things are becoming new. You're new, mm-hmm. right? And, and, and so, so what that means is that, that what this world needs right now, this world needs to see new creation. This Amen. world needs to see a church that is different. Mm-hmm. I, I love a, a book and it's, it's, you know, I, I'd recommend this book. It's kind of, it's a lengthy kind of an academic book, but it's really, really helpful. It's called the, and I think I've talked about this on the podcast before. It's called the patient ferment. I don't know if you use that word a lot, Trey. Ferment. I, that's a weird word. Anyway. You mean like F-E-R-M-E-N-T? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. The patient ferment of the early church. Mm. So so it's a great book, but but the whole idea of the book is, is that the reason why the early church was so successful in um, transforming the world through the power of the gospel is because they lived out what they believed. Wow. In a Roman culture where, uh, you know, it was, you know, people were, were engaged in, engrossed in, you know, immortality, or not immortality, immorality and things of that nature that the church stood as a different kind of people. Amen. And they just patiently lived out their Christian faith Amen. and saw the world change. And so, so all that to say is what the world needs to see right now is a church that's different. And so that means we've got to be who we are. And who we are is not the world. Amen. Now you're saved. Who you are is a follower of Jesus. That's right growing in him, living out his character. And so so what that means for us really practically is here's what we know. We know that Jesus cares for us. Mm-hmm. We are followers of Jesus because Jesus cared enough for us to die in our place and rise again from the dead to give us life everlasting and to give us a relationship with the Father. That is the bottom line. Jesus cares. And so because Jesus cares, our church, Northwood, should care. Amen. Amen. And, and we've done a great job of that through this pandemic, and we'll continue to do a great job of that, Amen. I believe. We want people to know that Northwood cares. This is a, there's a church on Green Ridge Road in North Charleston that really does care about this community. So Jesus cares, Northwood cares, but we want to make it real personal. Mm-hmm. I care. Amen. I Amen. care. It's got to come down to the personal I care. part. Amen. North Jesus cares, Northwood cares, and I care. Amen. I care enough to hold my mouth sometimes. <laughs> I care enough, right, to be flexible. Amen. I care enough to put your needs above my needs. I care enough to show you grace even when you don't deserve it. That's I right. care, right? And Amen. so so you think about after this pandemic, as we're struggling to see things get back to normal, which I think we will see things get back to normal, we have to keep at the forefront this idea that Jesus cares. And because Jesus cares, Northwood cares. And because I'm a part of, of, of the family of Christ, because I've been changed by Jesus, real personal, I care too. Amen. Amen. Right? Pastor Tommy, this has been awesome. I, you know, sometimes we just need to step back and look yeah. from, a, from a different viewpoint how we're to respond to these things. And yeah. This is going to be a huge uh, 
make a huge difference in our church. Well, why don't you close us and get us ready? I know we're going to be doing some Christmas things in the future. So uh, just get out there and get your people in. We're looking forward to what God's going to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I hope that this, this has been a blessing to you today. And I hope that you're encouraged by what you've been hearing. And if you have, go ahead right now and hit the subscribe button on your podcast service. That way you can have new content delivered to your device every single week. Uh, you help us get the word out when you leave us a five-star review. So if you don't mind doing that, we would certainly appreciate that. And as always, we hope that today's episode has helped you connect faith to life.